Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome to your Friday Rush Hour. Most nearly's rush hour here on WABC. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. The Twitter news is exploding all over the print media. Layoffs have begun, and apparently half of the workforce is going to be gone. Um, the layoffs and leaving are not only the domain of Twitter, no pun intended, uh, MSNBC has let go of their weekend personality, Tiffany Cross. She said some insulting things about Florida, comparing the way that the state looks to male anatomy. And apparently the folks over at NBC, that was a bridge too far, so they let her go. There are races, of course. Today we will have with us, a little bit later in the show, Senator Ron Johnson for a few moments. There's a headline in one of the, uh, let's see, I think it was a Fox story that this is, here it is. Here is the story. This will be close. Race forecaster reveals. More bad news just for Democrats just days from midterm elections. Senator Ron Johnson and Democrat Mandela Barnes are competing in the Wisconsin state race. We will hold on to that story. And, of course, our very own Princess Di will be with us. Many, many things to discuss. We have one soundbite that I want you to hear. It's a long one. Usually try to keep this thing short, but I want you to hear this full report because if you go looking for it on NBC's website, you're not going to find it. NBC yanked its own report. They scuttled it. They sent it to Never Never Land. They sent it to the land of slow goodbyes. And this is what that is. This is two and a half minutes. I may interject here and there, but this is what that report sounded like that you can no longer find on NBC. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. 
This morning, mm-hmm. Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became no. a crime scene a week ago today. NBC He's News home. learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly yes. unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a oh. knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old oh. did not immediately declare an emergency or try to leave his home, but instead began walking several oh. feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. Hold it right there. Thank you. Okay, let us review, ladies and gentlemen, what we've already heard from our NBC reporter. Paul Pelosi, 82 years old, was home. And while he was home, he answered the door himself. It was not immediately clear to police officers exactly where they were, they knew they were the, at some rich person's house because, after all, it was a mansion. So, the report, here's what the reporter says. Paul Pelosi, 82 years old, opened up his door. It was not immediately clear that there was an emergency at the helm because at the helm, he answered the door. They couldn't tell he was injured because guess what? There was no blood on him at that point. He was walking. He was talking. And so, what the hey? Why are we here? Then the police followed as Mr. Pelosi walked back in his home with no visible wounds. And they didn't even know at that point he was Paul Pelosi because they didn't know whose home they were visiting. Now, we'll pick up the NBC report from there. ...into court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly said tap, strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't Okay, let's hold it right there. Let's review what we've learned in this second little segment. Mr. Pelosi... After answering the door for the police at his home, and they didn't know it was his home, then went back into the home. He didn't try to escape because there was nothing to escape. He went into his home. The police said, what's going on here? Why are we here? What's happening? And immediately the defendant said, everything's good, man. Everything is cool. Everything is hunky-dory. No need to worry. We're just here partying. At that moment, however, the defendant struck Mr. Pelosi in the head with a hammer, and Mr. Pelosi went on the ground in a pool of blood. Now, at that point, they realized something is wrong here at the home. Okay? 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, this begs some questions, doesn't it? The first question is, if Mr. Pelosi didn't know this guy was in his helm, he didn't know the guy, why, when the police officer showed up, didn't he just walk out? There's a stranger in my helm. Instead, he was lying in a pool of his own blood before the police realized there's a serious problem here at this helm. Let us pick up the report from there. Roger, roger. While responding officers, he was in distress, is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 82-year-old, lucky to be alive, after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home. Law enforcement, tell, law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details. Now, let's just Craig. stop it right there. We've learned a little bit of something else. Mr. Pelosi and the attacker were alone at home, home alone, home alone for 30 minutes. And we don't know what they were doing for those 30 minutes. Not at all. Now, if what's missing from this report that was in previous weeks was any discussion of underwear, but that's a minor matter. We do know that he was attacked and now he's at his home. Let us finish with our report from NBC News. One thing's for sure, though. He is lucky to be alive. Miguel Amalgair for us. Miguel, thank you. Thank you. We have learned a lot. We have learned so much. And the more we learn, the more questions we have. No, I'm not mocking Mr. Pelosi's injuries. This was a heinous attack. It deserves to be thoroughly investigated. But you have the President of the United States trying to say that somehow or another this is connected to the death of democracy, and that is all the fault of Republicans. And there's a lot to this story that simply doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Let me say one more time, the information that we are being given doesn't add up. And NBC, after releasing that report, which was a live report, I'm standing here at the helm of Paul Pelosi and Nancy. They yanked the report. You think maybe they just wanted to redo the voiceover? I don't think so. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. It's a good thought. We'll, get, we'll be back right after this. Ay, ay, ay.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is The Rush Hour with those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. And we are glad to welcome to our home. <laughs> yes, Our Majesty. There's no emergency here at our home. It's Princess Dora here at the home. Oh, my goodness. I'm laughing. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it was wonderful to speak with you, Sir James. Yes, wonderful to have you home here. <laughs> uh, that was the weirdest news report. <laughs> oh, I know. So bizarre. And don't forget now, Nancy Pelosi's asking for privacy, so don't talk oh. about it anymore. <laughs> Oh, thank you, yeah. Uh, things that we will be talking about next week. You pointed out something very interesting to me earlier this morning when we were when we were uh, messaging back and forth. You mentioned the Democrats and how, uh, here was the question you said, what do you think will be the Biden administration or the media term for the Democrats' midterm defeat? Obama came up with shellacking in, uh, right, in 2010. In 2014, yeah. he he just said, "I hear you, I hear you. We lost, but um, <laughs> shellacking." So, what do you think would be an appropriate term that we can use for how Democrats will lose? Well, everybody comes up with terms when they lose. Didn't didn't George Bush have one too? Yes, he had something in 2006 when his midterm did not go his way. The first time, which was after um, 9/11, he gain seats in the House, which is historically very unusual. But then in 2006, it, it kind of reverted to form, and he described it as a thumping, or a thumping, as he said. We, and we then, got thumped. <laughs> we got thumped, and then Obama came up with the term shellacking. And so since this is a pattern now with coming up with a one-word explanation for a butt kick in the midterms, I think I suggest that we call the 2022 red wave, a hammering. <laughs> 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 it would be appropriate. <laughs> 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 I think that that is absolutely the best way to this. If this goes the way we think it is, that is the term that I think we shall adopt. It was a hammering of Democrats. <laughs> wow. um, yes. In their home, and they, and they didn't see any emergency. They walked right into their home, and then they were. <laughs> Never mind. Let's stop it right there. Oh, yeah. oh. Privacy. Privacy. Yes, we need. We definitely need more privacy. We, we okay now. Woo! 
there's a lot of behind-the-scenes shuffling. Apparently, and I didn't realize this until hours before our broadcast, there are, there's already a heads-on favorite for who the Democrats are going to elect to replace Nancy Pelosi as head of their party. Of course, that person wouldn't be the speaker. They would be the minority leader. But uh, it looks like old good old Hakeem Jeffries has up in the running because you know who else wants it? Shifty Adams Shift. And and so Jeffries marched down to Clyburn and said, hey, 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 yo, yo, Cly, uh, uh, Shift is, Shifty Shift is making noises. And uh, you, you can't, you can't, you guys can't let him have it. You got to let me have it, bro. And, and, and Clyburn said, yo, bro, I'm going to let you have it. It's yours, bro. So is this in cement or what? You know, you've got to read this with a little bit of a cynical eye. And here's my question. Whenever I read a report like this, what is the source? There's only one source for this story that is possible because, you know, Hakeem Jeffries, who is a young whippersnapper relatively in that Democrat caucus because he's only 52 and not in his 80s. He would never make this meeting public, ever, nor would Adam Schiff. You know who would and who did? That sly fox, Jim Clyburn, he is the source mm. of this story. And in my view, if you read between the lines, what if he wants it? He has been the kingmaker behind the scenes for many years. He is smart. He is capable. He is politically uh, an equal to all of the best. And why not give two years? He's been kingmaker. Why not king? And so in my opinion, he put out this story so that it would embarrass Hakeem because Nancy's body isn't cold yet. She's not going to want to read in Politico, of all places, the jockeying of who's going to you know, replace her. Her choice, as she has expressed in other areas, she likes Schiff. And this article makes fun of Schiff and said that she had tried to get uh, the governor of California to uh, appoint him to a, a position. And the governor of California basically gave her the back of the hand. And she was kicked off because Schiff is very unpopular. So yes. she's reading in in Politico that all of a sudden this other guy is making moves and that it is being reported. Obviously, she's going to see who was the source here, and that is Clyburn. She's not going to be happy. And Clyburn, in my opinion, put this forward that there's moves being made to unseat her, as it were, not waiting for her to appoint somebody. And I think that it's hurting Hakeem Jeffries' choices, chances. That's my opinion, just reading through it. So I think it would be fun. And I think that Clyburn has earned it, and he should take it. He's 82 years old, but for one term, he should be the majority leader and let the young guy come after him. What Interest. Think? I think that makes sense because I was puzzled as to how, why this story was coming out now as you said, I mean, you know, Pelosi's political body isn't even cold yet with the ice cream. And um, here they are all in public already. The vultures already picking right. over the, the political corpse. Now, yeah. <clears throat> before we uh, before we move from today's in, uh, 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 excursion here, I'd like you to listen to uh, one of the NBC hostesses that was not let go. 
that's still at that dreaded network. And let us listen to uh, Ms. Joy Reed. The only people I ever heard hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com- the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word, and they, they sort of wrap this word around whatever it is that they really want to vote, the, the, you know, the reasons they really want to vote. So <laughs> you're too stupid to have learned the word inflation on your own because it's not a common word and joy says the republicans taught you the word inflation well it's similar to this accusation that you know republicans are just scaring people on crime none of these issues are real that actual voters and and American citizens are experiencing and observing for themselves. No, it has to be the dastardly Republicans who are putting these terrible ideas in people's heads. And the idea that that this term inflation is somehow this, you know, it's like, oh, you have to have a it's doctorate a, to know that word. It's <laughs> a <know>? big <laughs> word, inflation. Everyone's been talking about for my whole life, you know, and it's one of those uh, statistics that is usually in the news all the time. You know, the inflation rate is X and people have been enjoying the fact that it's been low inflation for many years, but they certainly know what it feels like when inflation bites their wallet. And that's what everyone knows when they go to the grocery store. How else are they explaining that the prices are going up tremendously? What, you know, what word would she think that we do use if we don't use this complicated word inflation? All right. 30 seconds, Princess Di. Why did the Oprah bail on Dr. Oz? She's, if it wasn't for the Oprah, the country wouldn't even know who Dr. Oz was, and yet she endorsed Fetterman. Why? Well, she wasn't going to. In the very beginning, she said she was going to let the people of Pennsylvania decide, which is very nice of her. But I think she was panicked, as the Democrats are, by the, this new information from the Trafalgar Group polls that 20% of black women Democrat voters are voting for Oz. And that is such a shock. He is getting more of a black female vote than any other Republican in the whole country. And so the Democrats are calling in the Oprah. It won't work. She has a very bad track record. Well, she did all right with her endorsement of Harvey Weinstein, but that's another matter. Princess Di, we will look forward to hearing you tomorrow morning on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, Your Majesty. Please enjoy your evening at home. In my home, yes. In your home. (laughs) And don't turn your back on people with hammers. In your home. (laughs) Yes, Sir James, thank you. (laughs) 
This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio, 77 New York. John Coltrane brings us back. Giant Steps. This song, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with the genre, changed everything in jazz. John Coltrane had established... John Coltrane is just simply John Coltrane. There's no other like him. We had a request to play some John Coltrane. Here it is. On the telephone with us, Senator Ron Johnson, Wisconsin. Senator, welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Bo. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Um, listen, you said from the very beginning of this, when you began running for your reelect, that you expected the race to be close. So far, the polls are showing it is going to be a close race, but you're up ahead. What are your thoughts going into this weekend before Election Day? Well, this is Wisconsin. These races are always going to be closely contested. Uh, I think I probably have gained the advantage here because we've been able to tell the truth about my radical leftist opponent. Um, it, it seems like every day there's a new tweet or a new video or audio clip that, that literally demonstrates his disdain and contempt for America, for law enforcement, uh, quite honestly, for Wisconsinites. Uh, he, he's a radical leftist, and so we've shown – you know, his soft on crime attitude, his uh, desire to defund the police, his hostility toward police, greater sympathy for criminals than he does for the victims, his you know, tweet against Steve Scalise saying he's just taking one for the team. Uh, again, there's there's so much material. We had the uh, uh, one of the members of the Republican Party of Wisconsin when the comms team sent out a memo saying, here's 45 reasons not to vote for Mandela Barnes, and she barely scratched the surface. So, Unfortunately, it looks like Wisconsinites have, have learned enough truth about Mandela Barnes to, to hopefully make the decision that he really should not be sent to the United States Senate. There is one that I saw, and I, I took my time to listen through it. He was addressing um, an auditorium full of people, and he agreed with the premise that someone made that. And, and in the course of his answer, he said that half of the people, half of the criminals, that were behind bars in your state, in his view, ought to be released. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. He said he would like to see, though, half of the prison population released. And I just thought that was stunning. This is, and, and, and there's no apologies from this. There's no explanation beyond what he's saying to put this in any context that makes sense. Well, you know, Bo, it, it's as crazy as most of liberal leftist policies are. Now, that was the goal of the the Evers-Barnes administration was to reduce the prison population by 50 percent. His quote was, uh, uh, now reducing the prison population is now sexy. Uh, No, it's dangerous. They've they've reduced it, by the way, 15 percent, including paroling 884 criminals, most of them violent. 784 were violent, including 44 child rapists and 270 criminals who either committed, primarily committed, 
for attempted murder in both. They were horrific murders. But again, they're divorced from reality. He, he wrote the bill to re- eliminate cash bail and, and reaffirmed his support for it even after uh, the Waukesha Christmas Parade massacre. And, of course, that murderer was let out on low bail. But, you know, look, look at the Green New Deal. Uh, President Biden says he wants to end fossil fuels a candidate. Eighty percent of our economy is powered by fossil fuel. It's impossible to do that, yet they're trying to, which is what purposely drove up the cost of gasoline and energy, uh, gasoline to record levels. Uh, again, all these policies, you know, everything that the Democrat governance, all the damage they're doing this, this this nation, that's what's on the ballot here next Tuesday. Well, also, our reaction to the speech that the president made once again, slamming conservatives, slamming Republicans, um, we supposedly, all of us, are a threat to democracy. Are we a threat to democracy, Senator? Absolutely not. No, he has become the divider in chief. And, and boy, he, he is, you know, employing a classic leftist tactic, which is to falsely accuse your political opponent of exactly what you do. Okay, across the board, let's face it, the division in this country, that is sown from the left. The anger in this country is primarily coming from the left. I know they want to focus on January 6th. What about the 570 riots that sprang out of about 8,000 protests where 2,000 law enforcement enforcement officers were injured, uh, a couple dozen people killed, including two in Kenosha, Wisconsin? Uh, Again, the, the... left is divorced or is detached from reality as they are from uh, the truth. And we're told in the meantime that we're not supposed to, um, the governor of New York, interestingly enough, is right out of this Mandela Barnes playbook. She says that uh, the that we are dealing with the perception of crime, not really crime itself. This is just a conspiracy theory among Republicans, a way to scare people. Meanwhile, we've got people being murdered in the streets every day, people being pushed on the subway tracks, people being attacked, people being raped every single day. There was a horrific rape that just occurred in New York City um, just this week from someone that was had been arrested, I believe, 29 times in the past, should be in jail, not in jail, but yet it's all in our imagination. We're being told... Uh, Joy Reid, NBC, that we didn't know the word. Most people don't know the word inflation. Republicans have taught people the word inflation. They don't usually use the word inflation. So and we're making that up, too. There's no such thing really as inflation, even though people are paying more and more for everything every day. Uh, these, The entire premise seems to be, let's focus on January 6th. Let's try to tie the Republican Party to every bad thing people think about January 6th, and that is their campaign strategy and claim that somehow this republic is going to fall and there will be, Biden said there's going to be chaos in America if the Republicans uh, win the House and, of course, the Senate. And what do they think is in America right now with all the criminals running around in almost every city and every major state? What do they think is happening inside people's homes with this rampant inflation that that has been ushered in by this profligate spending from the Biden administration? What is your closing argument to the people of Wisconsin and uh, as, as to why they should elect you, Senator Johnson? Well, I think two main points. So first, you bring up the, the question that Ronald Reagan posed against Jimmy Carter. Are you better off? 
And with 40-year high inflation, record gas prices, skyrocketing crime, an open border, flooded deadly drugs, the embarrassing and dangerous uh, surrender in Afghanistan, which tempted tyrants like Putin to invade Ukraine and commit war atrocities, I think people are clearly worse off. And then secondly, elections are comparisons, right? And there's such a clear choice here in Wisconsin. I have a lifetime of experience raising a family, building a business, creating good-paying manufacturing jobs right here in Wisconsin. My, my record in the Senate is my tax cut for 20 million business tax filers allowed the small guys to compete against the big guys, uh, survived the pandemic. My right to try law is saving lives. Uh, my Joseph project has transformed lives by pe- getting people good-paying jobs. And that compares to my opponent who calls himself a forever organizer. Never, never had a real job in the private sector. Uh, got elected a couple times. The, the only thing he ever accomplished was racking up a $600,000 tab, having the state patrol uh, chauffeur him around 13 and a half hours a day every day of the week. So other than the hollow left-wing rhetoric, I don't know what he really has to offer. So I think it's a pretty clear choice. People are worse off, and Mandela Barnes is not qualified and should not become a U.S. senator. We hope to speak with you after the election, and hopefully you will be victorious. People shouldn't sit down and just assume this is going to happen. People do need to get out and vote. Regardless of where they think the election is going, get out and vote. And hopefully you'll join us after the election, and we'll be speaking with you as Senator Johnson again from the state of Wisconsin. Thank you, Senator. Look forward to it. Ron Johnson, Senate.com. I've been outspent two to one. Can't let that happen. Ron Johnson for Senate.com. That's it. Is that the one more time where people can reach you? Ron Johnson for Senate.com. I I need to stay up on the air to tell the truth about Mandela Barnes. Thank you, Senator Ron Johnson. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We're coming back. Your call's coming up right after this. is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When I was a little girl, I had a red dog, only dog I Ike and Tina Turner now I love you bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Ike's birthday is tomorrow. I have one my wife beater underneath my shirt. I guess that's in honor of Ike. Oh, yeah, baby. I promise we'd get back to the telephones, and we shall. We'll get to the telephones. But I want to play you something that happened yesterday. You know, yesterday was... Uh, was Back the Blue Day here at WABC, our friends over at Ramsey Mazda and WABC celebrated our support of law enforcement all day long. And there was a press conference at Back the Blue. Now, this particular thing you're going to hear next is viral on the Internet. This is a woman, an African-American woman, who was speaking at the WABC Ramsey Mazda Black the Blue Day press conference. Listen to this. 
at a barbecue and got shot, got hit sense senselessly, and he died. And yes, he did say, call my mom, tell her I love her. The bail reform is not working. It's not working. Because as we can see, we have criminals coming out of jail, out of prison. I read somewhere in Facebook, uh, Instagram that a judge is allowing two hardcore murderers, gang members, out because of good behavior. Of course, they are not signing the bail reform. They're not. Maybe it's because it's not their children that is getting killed. And that was part of what took place yesterday. Now, I understand that Governor Hochul was spotted across the street from where this press conference, our WABC press conference, was held, just looking. Later on, there's a news report that the governor's aides shielded her from people that wanted to question her about this mother and others who are complaining about her inaction in stopping violent crime. Her aides surrounded her and would not let her take questions. In other words, she's running from everyday people who want to question her about the harm that she and her soft-on-crime attitude have brought to the people that she claims to want to govern. Let us head to the telephones. Howard Beach, Sammy, how are you, Sammy? It's great to be on with you. I just and I don't mean to be offensive to you, to you because remember last week when somebody asked you a delicate question about uh, Pelosi, um, you seemed to get a little agitated, and that's not my intent. Let me ask you: with all these theories being thrown out there, and they're saying that he's been released from the hospital already, what would you say the chances are that he didn't have the type of injury that they're saying he did have. Well, we just heard a report from NBC that said um, that there was a pool of blood surrounding him on the floor. Um, and that, that report came from NBC before they yanked the report because the report also raised a lot of questions that they don't want raised and they don't want to answer. So I would say that his injuries from all reports, he was injured and injured badly. I mean, after all, you get hit in the head with a hammer, you get bludgeoned. I mean, I don't know whether you've ever had a head wound, but head wounds bleed profusely. So I don't, I, I don't have any reason to doubt it at this point. And you mentioned the, uh, the last week, I, I was agitated when someone suggested that the attack didn't happen at all. And as I said, then this is not the Alex Jones show. I'm not doing that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I, I look, the questions that you raise are legitimate questions. We have there's clearly more to this story than we're being told, Sammy. And why won't they just level with us and tell us the truth? There's something that they're hiding. And the fact that NBC yanked its own report shortly after they aired it because they realize, somebody must realize, it raises more questions. Why did he come to the door if it's this, if what he's saying it isn't, the, the police are there, get out of the house? Why did he just go back in? Why was, why were they in the house 30 minutes before police were called? They're all kind of questions their own report is raising. 
So clearly, we are not being told the truth. Sammy, I love your call. Thank you. I hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you, my man. Tom in Brookhaven. How are you, Tom? Hey, Tom. Let us. Yep. Okay. Let's try Center Reach, New York, and James. James, how are you doing? You're on with both Center Reach Rush Hour. This is James from Ozone Park. How you doing? And Center Reach. I live here now. Uh, I want to get a little political. I agree with almost everything you're saying, but I want to say what I think is the obvious that you can't say. There's no proof. But to me, just, you know, as a casual observer, that was a male hookup gone bad. Um, it, it's to me, it's so obvious, and I didn't even know if it's true that they showed up in their underwear. I don't even know if that's true, but that would confirm. And if it were true, you know, so so called, the two of them were in their underwear. James, it's obvious, and I don't expect you to agree. I don't want to get you in trouble, but to me, that's it. Secondly, James, I think what's going to happen is they can't press charges on this guy. If he do, he'll speak, and if he speaks. The cat's out of the bag. So that's my theory. Thank you, James. Appreciate the call. Dave in Orange County, New York. How are you, Dave? Welcome you on Boston Early's Rush yes. Hour. Yes, yes, Paul. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I'm not a killer on the road. My brain is squirming like a toad. Uh, <laughs> Listen to you last 20 minutes. Last 20 minutes talking to uh, Senator Johnson there, running against the communists. Vote Republican, conservative, down the line, up the door catcher and vote no on the Green New Deal. I live up in Orange County. So I don't have rusty pipes. I don't have to worry about my water. But, uh, you know, it, James, just listening to you reminds me of an old-time DJ. You have such a smooth voice, okay? You're a pleasure to you. listen to. And uh, what I really wanted to come up with is it, it's not political, or so I think it's not. Uh, I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago in the New York Post. Not a rag like... Uh, the Guardian or whatever, the Amazon mm-hmm. Post or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call mm-hmm. it. But uh, but they were saying something about mixing the original Wuhan flu with a second-generation um, Omicron and coming up with something that's 80% lethal. Oh, my friend, you have stumbled yeah. into a big one. That story is about how man-made viruses are still being developed. And there is a new lethal COVID. It is much more lethal than the COVID that the world faced. It was made in a laboratory. They're still doing it. In spite of everything that has happened to this world, there are people still doing gain-of-function research. And they have produced another strain of COVID that is more lethal than anything we have seen. This is a clear and present danger to the world if it ever escapes from the lab. And by the way, and I will ask the question one more time, where did COVID originate? Was it a mistake? Was it a leak from a lab? We know one thing. The story that we were told about it coming from a wet market at Wuhan was all BS. Thank you, Dave. Great call. Gentano, Port Jefferson, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. How are you? Mr. James, I love you, my friend. 
Listen, Thank you. Um, I have a couple of points, and it's all going to lead to uh, the same point. Um, I've been in the culinary hospitality field almost my whole life, uh, no longer in it. And I've met politicians in my past. Um, I had the honor to meet uh, Lee Zeldin, um, and I volunteered so far two of his congressional campaigns and now currently uh, for the governorship. Lee Zeldin, never I seen an ego in that gentleman. Never. He's one of us. He's just like us. Gentano, that is the highest compliment that you can pay a politician. The highest. When you say he's one of us, he doesn't put on airs, because we all know what that means. We all know exactly what you mean, Gentano. That means he's a straight-line conservative. That means that he's not one of these guys that's going to say one thing and do another. That means that the same things that frustrate us frustrate him. That means he sees clearly the battle that we're in. That means he loves this country dearly. That means he loves this state dearly and wants to see these criminals placed behind bars where they belong and not hurting the people of this city. Gentano, I, you couldn't ask for a better endorsement if you're a politician than you just gave to Lee Zeldin. Thank you for the call. Mike, Wayne, New Jersey. Mike, you're on next. Wayne, New Jersey. Oh, hello. We've got less than a minute, 30 seconds. Got to make it count. Gotcha. Uh, Paul Pelosi was playing hide the sausage, and he got caught. Thank you. That was less than 30 seconds. <clears throat> I'm not going to even add anything to that. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Hammer time again. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. What? Hammer time. The real enemy, my friends, of any communist society is not the dissonant. Its real enemies are the beautiful and the good, each of which answers to a higher authority. Bye. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.